Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Brinker is on my program today. How are you, Scott? How are you keeping? I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. You know, it's uh, great in Singapore because, uh, you know, weather is great. And of course, COVID cases are like down, uh, almost like zero for consecutive days. So how about, you know, the, wherever you are, are you in the States right now? Uh, how, how was this uh, spectacular week in the United States with the elections uh, and everything going on? Yeah, it, it, uh, it's been a crazy time in the U.S. Uh, lately, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm up in Boston, uh, and so it's uh, the fall season, and you know, it's cool, but it's not too cold yet. It's actually very nice, but I, I love Singapore. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, Singapore is beautiful. <laughs> Give me a couple months when I'm in the middle of winter, and I will be wishing I was in Singapore. <laughs> and how I wish I can teleport you over here so that you can edu educate all of us, you know, about the kind of cool things that you do. And of course, you know, I'm always thrilled and honored to have super marketers and especially those who are in the MarTech field, right? And uh, it's exciting for me personally because I have Mr. MarTech on my podcast and that's you. Scott Brinker is the guy <laughs> that's... <laughs> you are the person that is, you know, singularly, you know, responsible and uh, more than anybody else, you know, who popularized that term, uh, MarTech. And of course, you know, your researchers that you have done, you know, have done, I have provided so much, you know, to extend our thinking about marketing technology. So you're perfect for our audience. And uh, can you maybe, you know, uh, tell us, you know, what, uh, uh, how it all started for you? Because I know that uh, you were an entrepreneur, you were CEO at age 21, right? Before, of course, you know, you made uh, a name, you know, in the MarTech industry and uh, he's famous around the world for that fantastic, you know, uh, graphic that uh, looks a little bit crazy, but to me, it's like a godsend <laughs> because I reference it, you know, to death, yeah. So maybe tell us how you navigate your early career right to, you know, when you created a graphic and how it has grown to be like 8,000 companies in that amazing marketing technology landscape graphic uh, in 2020. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's been an, just an incredible past couple decades here. Um, uh, so I remember, uh, you know, around the, the explosion of the web, I was actually uh, running the technology team of a web development agency. And we would get hired by these Fortune 500 companies. Their marketing department would hire us, you know, because they had these big dreams of all the things they wanted to do on the web. Uh, and then because I was running the technology team at the agency, it would be my job to go and talk to the client's IT department because marketing and IT didn't actually talk in those days. Um, and so uh, I was doing this shuttle diplomacy between marketing and IT, and two things became very clear. First of all, they were just speaking completely different languages. I mean, it wasn't even about hostility per se. It was just they, they just didn't understand each other's worlds at all. But at the same time, you looked at what the companies clearly wanted to be able to do and the direction like digital business was headed. And you're like, oh, my goodness, like these two groups need to come together. And uh, that was really the seed of, you know, this this whole chief MarTech blog and the recognition that there was going to be a an emerging profession of people who understood both sides. You know, they understood and appreciated marketing and, you know, those dynamics of having fun, win, engaged like customers, but they also understood enough about, you know, how technology works, you know, just the fundamentals of, you know, architecture and, you know, code logic and, you know, development process. And by being able to marry those two, that was really, you know, what inside companies gave rise to this like whole marketing tech uh, profession. So, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, I mean, like 10 years ago, that was kind of a weird idea. There, there, there weren't a lot of people who felt like uh, 
wait, marketing technologist? That sounds like an oxymoron. Uh, but uh, yeah, here, here today, like, yeah, the, the industry is full of them and it's wonderful. That's fantastic. You know, you're this uh, superhero and godlike figure, right, for all marketers and CMOs. So you created this uh, amazing thing called this uh, marketing technology landscape. So it's, uh, it still looks uh, crazier, you know, looking by the day because uh, it's like uh, 8,000 companies there right now, yeah? So, you know, I have to make a confession because, uh, you know, earlier this decade, right, when I first joined the marketing industry, the first time when I saw that graphic, I thought it looks more like a Coachella music festival poster <laughs> on steroids. Yeah, it's like the kind of poster that you reference when you want to know which are the thousands of bands that are playing a music festival. So it's like, you know, when, when I saw that graphic, right, it kind of made me inspired. At the same time, it makes me scared as well. Like, do I have to pick up the skills and learn all these tools? It's like... It's near impossible, right, to even memorize all the names, let alone, you know, be familiar with kind of technology that, uh, you know, that are useful and also uh, commonly used in the industry. So maybe I'm going to have to ask you this question. How was it like, you know, for any marketers who are like newly joined to an industry, maybe uh, in this day and age, in year 2020, is it uh, important for them to learn every single, singular, you know, uh, tool? Every, oh, to learn yeah, every exactly. one of them or you know it's like uh, how do they actually identify which one is going to be useful for your organization what are your hot takes on that yeah well i mean you know <laughs> there, there's a lot out there uh and so yeah i do not recommend for a new person like you know taking a look at my landscape uh that, that yeah set that aside you know i mean the truth is like 80% of what you need to do in marketing, you can do with a handful of really good tools, right? You know, you have a good CRM, you have a good marketing automation platform, you have a good web, you know, experience platform. There is so much you can do of just learning how to wield those tools effectively that frankly, for most marketers is a, like a great place to start, you know? And then as you start to grow and you expand and you're looking for new ways to, you know, find engaged to like customers, Depending on your business, you'll find there are particular opportunities of how you want to engage them in like, you know, personalizing, you know, perhaps commerce recommendations or uh, you know, the sorts of engagements you need to do through like messaging networks. And, you know, and so as you grow and you expand, you can, you know, I really like to be led by the business opportunity, the customer opportunity, and then find the technologies that can help support uh, that. So you sort of get there a step at a time. You, do, you don't have to know all 8,000. I don't know all 8,000. Don't quiz me. I'll get them wrong. <laughs> yeah, this is really amazing. I think it's great advice as well. So, uh, you know, uh, let's also simplify things for a start, right? Uh, because uh, there is a whole, this whole spirit has gotten so complicated and rich at the same time. So maybe you could help uh, marketers out there to like even define a simple thing like, you know, what exactly is marketing technology? What is marketing and what do you mean by marketing and what do you mean by technology yeah you, you're asking the tough questions because um yeah i mean the the simple answer is to to marketing technology is well it's any technology that marketers use to get their work done um and that's actually one of the reasons why when i've done that landscape in addition to including tools that are you know very clearly just for marketing I've also typically included tools like, you know, project management or agile management tools or things like that, not because they're exclusive to marketing, but because they're the sorts of tools that marketing departments use, you know, every week, you know, as part of how they execute their work. Um, 
but it, it, it's hard. I mean, the boundaries of what is marketing, you know, for better and worse, you know, I think this past decade, we've recognized that marketing isn't just a department. You know, we've really like relearned that particularly in the digital world, like marketing gets infused in everything we do. It's how a salesperson talks with a customer. It's how a customer support representative handles a problem. It's how our product actually works, how people can engage with it, you know, online, you know. And so marketing is just infused into so much of the experience, you know, that working with a company, uh, you know, has today that, yeah, you start to look at all the different tools that contribute to that, you know, overall experience. And yeah, the boundaries do start to get fuzzy. This is fantastic. And we all understand that, you know, in order to have a great brand, right? CMOs and marketers have to deliver on customer experience, especially so in year 2020 in the digital world, right? And marketing is the center of it all, right? So with so many changes to like their own culture and even internal operational velocity to be able to live up to customer expectations. What do you think marketing, uh, you know, is the champion or, you know, it should be the champion of great customer experience and also it's a great place to start. Yeah, I uh, I do. I mean, you know, different companies, you know, have different people. Uh, you know, a lot of companies are in transition, so they might have like a chief digital officer. Uh, you have some companies that have organized marketing, sales, customer success together, and they have like a chief customer officer, you know, and so there can be different, you know, ways you, uh, you know, organize. But I think marketing is particularly well suited to lead the charge with customer experience, you know, because first of all, customer experience is the brand now, you know, and we all agree kind of marketing, right? You're, you're the protector of the brand and there's nothing more central to the brand now than customer experience. But the second thing is marketing is one of those few things that is infused in every stage of the customer journey, right? You know, sales has a certain role they play at a certain moment. You know, customer support has a certain role they play at a certain moment, you know, but marketing tends to have engagements with, uh, you know, prospects and customers throughout their entire life cycle. And so that sort of gives them that, you know, high level view of like, okay, how do we connect the dots across this journey? So, um, yeah, I'm a fan of the marketers as the champions of customer experience. This is brilliant. So uh, I definitely have to ask you the next question. Do you agree that the technology is the easiest part of the equation in terms of like you can we can these days right marketers can turn over to machine learning algorithm and AI to even personalize you know and dynamically experiment with individual pieces of content right are really you know helping CMOs and marketers to do less heavy lifting these days. So uh, do you think that it, they should focus more on what's happening between brand and the interface with the world instead, which is extremely getting more complex uh, these days? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting way you word that question because yes, at, at some level, the technology is not the barrier, um, you know, because let's face it, the, the technology is commercialized now. I mean, anyone with a credit card can go out and buy marketing technology, you know, so there's not a barrier in acquisition that way. But I think where the, the challenge becomes is all of this technology is still quite new to the marketing profession. Like we don't, we don't have the textbooks of like, okay, well, this is how we've been applying this stuff for like decades. You know, there's a lot of experimentation and figuring this out, you know. And so I think for a lot of brands, you know, they're still in a position where buying the technology is not the hard part, but figuring out how to 
you know, really embed that technology in like their marketing uh, operations, the the experience they're delivering to customers. Um, that's that's hard. That's new. Um, and I, and the only thing I can you know say to people is you're not alone. I mean, this is this is really a new uh, era of marketing. Uh, and kind of everyone is in a position of, you know, figuring out how does this stuff really work? Like what's effective? You know, what's going to delight our customers? Because what delights our customers might actually be different, you know, than what someone else we heard speak at a conference, you know, that delights their customers with. This is great. And it leads, leads uh, to the next question. I have many superb uh, CMOs and marketers who come onto the podcast. I also have recruiters, you know, people, HR personnel will come onto the podcast as well. So they are, you know, asking a similar question, like, you know, in terms of, um, you know, do, uh, is it better to have in your team a technical person who knows marketing or vice versa, a marketing person who knows technology? So, in, your, in, in terms of your views, right, uh, with so many companies that are now struggling with this, especially, what's your recommendation? Yeah, so... <laughs> is it chocolate and peanut butter or peanut butter and chocolate? Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I think I look at marketing because it's such a broad discipline now. There are so many things that, you know, marketing as a function has to be responsible for, uh, you know, and just technology and this sort of, you know, new level of operations is kind of a relatively new uh, dimension to it. But everything else that marketing was concerned about, like, you know, content, and narrative and story, you know, pricing and packaging, you know, I mean, uh, the, the entire like advertising work. I mean, th there's so much to marketing that it's very hard to find one person who is <laughs> brilliant at all of it, right? I mean, it's just such a big field, you know, and so I always recommend like, you know, if a company is gonna have more than one marketer, you know, they really start to think about a team, you know, and they start to think about, listen, we want someone who's gonna be running our marketing ops and marketing tech, who really understands that stuff, you know? And so perhaps they skew more towards the technology end of the spectrum, you know? At the same time, you know, if I've got a, you know, someone who's going to be in charge of my, like, you know, brand and creative, maybe it's not so big of a deal that they're not super deep on the technology. Now, I, I still want them to understand what's possible with the technology because that's gonna feed into the creativity, you know, of what they're actually able to deliver, you know, but they don't have to be the ones figuring out how the stack fits together and which product integrates with another and, you know, that. Leave that to the ops and tech people. And, uh, you know, before we move on to a question about content marketing, you know, what are your thoughts on AI in marketing? Do you have a category of AI in your marketing technology uh, landscape uh, or if is left out of that uh, landscape uh, graphic, right? What's the reason for that? Uh, uh, and how much of AI do you think is hype and how much is actually useful and real? Oh, wow. So many great questions in there. All right. So the reason we didn't create an AI category was because quite frankly, a couple of years ago when we were thinking about it, we were looking around and I would say at least half of the products that we were evaluating in different categories had some kind of AI actually built into them. You know, they might have not been touting it a lot, some more than others, but, you know, almost everyone who's got a SaaS product these days is probably leveraging some degree of like machine learning to, you know, how do they simplify categorizations of things or recommendations? You know, you've got all the natural language processing stuff that's now in place here for helping with chatbots. And I mean, they're just AI is really like embedded 
almost everywhere in software today. So it, it, it didn't make sense to have a category. I mean, I know there's some companies that really just specialize in AI models, but um, yeah, I mean, AI as a capability is now embedded everywhere. As to the hype, you know, again, I think like the, the most important thing for marketers to do is to evaluate vendors based on their actual performance. Uh, and so one of the things that I've always advocated is if, you have a new technology that you're being pitched. If there is some sort of opportunity to experiment with it, to run a pilot, you know, to run some sort of, you know, like test. This is one of the reasons I'm a big fan of things like freemium and free trial models is because, you know, it, it gets you out of like, you know, what what is the vendor saying? And like, let me actually see it. Let me see this work, you know, and if it works, great. Listen, I'll pay you. We can scale this. That's awesome. You know, but I find like, uh, yeah, too often if a company is leading with an AI message, it's sort of like hiding, you know, the underlying foundation of like, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, I know you're an AI superstar, but what exactly do you do for my business? How is this actually going to work for me? You know, <laughs> prove it. <laughs> This is great. And of course, you know, that leads to the next question, right? Content marketing, um, you know, is, uh, you know, part of your strategy to constantly update this uh, marketing technology landscape graphic and to also contrast, you know, it's differences, uh, you know, in vast numbers. Like when you started, right, it was only 150 companies. Right now it's like uh, over 8,000, right? So is this part of your marketing right. strategy? And uh, from the beginning to actually create this to create more conversations and actually use that as a as a way as a vehicle to point out the issues of the day especially in the marketing industry yeah um you know so again that graphic it, it, it kind of came about by accident um I, I i was going to be giving a presentation to a group of mo's and that was the first graphic I built was basically for that presentation. It wasn't really about the graphic, it was mostly about, I was just trying to persuade CMOs, as we were chatting earlier, to hire someone with more technical depth on their team so that they'd have the ability to like get, you know, get, get, get their arms around, you know, what these new capabilities meant, uh, you know, to their department. Um, and then when I kept like going back to it year over year to update it, I mean, frankly, I was surprised as anyone, um, like the, the, the way in which it exploded exponentially for a number of years. Um, and I think the only thing, you know, in that process I found is like whenever I produce that landscape in a given year, people would, you know, there'd be a set of people would be like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's going to consolidate. There's no way. Uh, 150 is too many. 300 is too many, 1,000 is too many, <laughs> 2,000 is too many. Yeah, and it's like, listen, I, I, I get it. You know, we, we have a vision of how markets have worked previously, but cloud software just has very different economics to it. Uh, and it really has, you know, basically lowered the barriers to entry, you know, where what Mark Andreessen said, software is eating the world. I don't think he meant just like, you know, one piece of software would do everything for everyone. It's more that asymptotically, every company becomes a bit of a software company. And so the marketing world is just full of so many opportunities for like innovation, you know, and engagement and moving things forward with how we deal with consumers and customers that, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to run out of ideas that, you know, an entrepreneur is going to be like, I've got an idea here. They build it in software and we've got another new MarTech tool. 
This is great because I think your marketing technology landscape, you know, all these resources, right, has constantly helped marketers everywhere, helped CMOs everywhere, and uh, even helped students, right, to understand the dynamic, the nature of the industry uh, that will be entering after they graduate. So understand that you are still continuously, you know, generating and creating new content, right, uh, to actually add value to to all these, uh, to the industry especially. So like I recently uh, stumbled upon your LinkedIn post where, you know, you mentioned that there is a free book that you just released. I think it's about, um, maybe you'll talk us through about this uh, new uh, uh, 2030 MarTech trends in marketing technology for the decade of the augmented uh, marketer. This is a, a book that you recently published together with your partner and uh, you actually, you know, redefined the very nature of marketing technology and operations and also illustrated five new trends uh, for 2030. So maybe tell us about this book and how we can actually get our hands on this free uh, PDF copy. Sure, sure. Yeah, it was uh, a, a, a project I uh, did in collaboration with uh, WPP, uh, you know, their global head of product management. Uh, we, we, we sat back many months ago, you know, and we're just trying to look at the emerging patterns that we saw in marketing today that you know you could sort of extrapolate and be like wow this is actually going to change how marketing operates over this next decade and that it's a good time to you know start orienting to this and really make sure we're preparing uh, to take advantage uh, of this new age um and so yeah if you want to go you get to chiefmartech.com uh, there's uh, one of the recent articles you can just click and get the latest copy there's no uh, there's no form you have to fill out there's uh, you know it's 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 ungated um, but yeah the five trends are uh, no code citizen creators uh, the second is platforms networks and marketplaces a pattern that we're seeing everywhere these days in the digital world uh, the third is about the great app explosion which isn't just that martech landscape Frankly, uh, like I just had the, um, you know, one of the analysts from Forrester on my uh, show the other week, you know, and he's figured out that there's approximately 175,000 SaaS companies, you know, today across wow. the industries. And he expects that over the next five years, that number could grow to a million, you know. So the great app explosion is about more than just MarTech, um, but there's some really interesting ways that I think marketers can take advantage of that shift. Uh, then we talk about, you know, the evolution from a focus on big data to a focus on big ops, you know, which to me, it's about, you know, this next stage of the journey where it's not just about all this data that we've collected and analyzing it. It's how do we actually operationalize on that data, particularly in automated ways and leveraging, you know, more and more AI. Uh, and then that leads us into the last trend, which is we talk quite a bit about how to balance this new world we're in where we've got all these AI tools that are getting better and smarter with what we as humans can really, you know, leverage, you know, in our talents and our skills and the, the, this harmonization, you know, between human and machine. I think there's so much opportunity, you know, for the marketing department uh, moving forward to, uh, yeah, just get incredibly creative with how they leverage this partnership. So uh, one of the trends that you identified, right, uh, I think it's uh, number one on the list, no code. Why do you think it's uh, as important as the other five trends that you identified, you know, in the remaining list? Uh, I, when I'm like hearing you no know, code for the first time, I'm thinking in terms of like the kind of tools that I like to use to actually cover my weakness. For example, I'm really a bad graphic designer. I love tools like, uh, you know, Canva that allows me to design 
really well and actually pass off as a possible graphic designer when it comes to design logos or even show notes and things like that or show posters right so it's like are we talking about this kind of no code direction where you know the, the trend that will be followed by a lot of the marketing technology companies leading to 2030 yeah i think your example with canva is right on because when people hear no code they sometimes think it's just about you know like programming or you know building an app or something and there's plenty of no code tools that do that um but yeah i think the much bigger trend is this recognition you have a new generation of software that is basically designed to empower non-specialists you know just general business users general marketers to be able to make things that previously they wouldn't have been able to make on their own. They would have had to like take a ticket and wait for someone in IT to get around to it if ever they did, you know, or they'd have to hire some outside group to do it. Uh, and, you know, the expense didn't necessarily make it worth it, you know. And so I think this, this whole generation of no-code tools is really about just empowering the individual marketer. You know, if it's whether I want a landing page or I want a little, you know, mobile app for my like, you know, event I'm running or I want, you know, a graphic design, you know, for a campaign idea, I, have, I can just, you know, I, I, I can't do everything. You know, there's still a need for experts when we get into more sophisticated or more complicated, you know, things. But wow, for all of those low end use cases that before most of them, we just had to give up. Like we just saying, well, like, okay, well, I can't do it. And it doesn't make sense for, you know, an expert to do it. I can't wait six months for someone in the central services team to do it. You know, the no-code tools are basically making all those things possible. And I think that's really unlocking like a whole new wave of productivity and experimentation uh, for marketing. So I'm, I'm very excited about, uh, yeah, the, this no-code movement and its empowerment to the marketing profession. And uh, back to that lease, right, the trends that you identify. Number five, I noticed, is harmonizing human and machine. That actually uh, connects with one of your previous LinkedIn posts as well, where you identify, you know, more automation, uh, also more human touch, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, where we all want to go, where all CMOs and marketers want to go is that magical area, the magical uh, corner where, you know, can actually have like AI, you know, actually discovering that a uh, customer is facing some issues or having trouble with an issue, right? And, uh, and then, uh, you know, allowing the marketer to personally take this up after being notified by using AI. So is that also one of the examples? Uh, or what are the examples you think uh, will, we actually see this, uh, you know, fantastic place that all marketers want to be, you know, leading up to 2030? Yeah, I mean, there's so many examples. I mean, it's basically where AI is particularly effective is its ability to scan a large amount of data very, very quickly and then either identify patterns or identify anomalies and exceptions in patterns, you know, and then being able to alert, you know, marketers or frankly, any other, you know, person on the business team, it might be a salesperson, you know, a customer support person, you know, but AI is able to help find these patterns or these exceptions and then surface them up very quickly you know, to humans who are then able to take action on those. You know, anytime you see an exception, you know, in some sort of customer journey, I mean, you have to wonder what's going on there. Is it that that, you know, prospect is struggling, like they're, you know, something isn't working for them? Is it that they represent, you know, potentially a shift, like a new competitive shift or a new, uh, you know, market opportunity, you know? And it would be very hard for marketers just on their own to like sort through all this data and identify those things quickly. But AI, you know, machine learning can do that at speed and scale. 
And then, you know, what AI can't do right now is come up with the solution. It can't, you know, like handle the entire engagement and solve it for there, but it can bring a human in and then the human can really like, you know, lend their powers of engagement and empathy, you know, and communication and synthesizing the different things that are happening, you know, into uh, a, a resolution to a problem or an experiment for a new opportunity. Um, so yeah, I, 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 again, this is why we called it the augmented marketer. I think the next 10 years are going to be such a fun time to be working in marketing because it, it really is going to be this like new set of superpowers, you know, that we have, but it's still very much going to keep the spotlight on marketers themselves. Like what do we do with these superpowers? And of course, uh, we are all very interested uh, to know what uh, or to predict uh, what's going to happen in the next five to ten years, right? So the question, you know, that we want to definitely ask you before we let you go is: uh, What are the distinct solutions uh, to problems whereby you know there's uh, efficiency versus data issue, and especially moving between systems, right? With uh, average business actually using hundreds of software these days, you know, uh, can you maybe uh, tell us what are the solutions to this kind of problem, and how do you see actually this evolving in the next? Five to ten years. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I mean, this problem kind of caught us off guard because there was this explosion of so many tools and so many new capabilities, but they all kind of emerged independently of each other. You know, uh, and 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 that's kind of after the fact that we're like, okay, well, all these individual things are great, but how do we get them to work together? Um, you know, and so I think there's, there's, there's two ways you see that happening right now. One is there's a whole category of software that's dedicated just to that mission. They call it integration platform as a service, iPaaS. I mean, there's like a hundred companies that specialize just in that. Uh, and, and many are very good, right? They're, they're, they, they help make it easier to synthesize all these different tools and orchestrate how they work together. The other approach you see that's gaining more momentum is the shift from suites to platform ecosystems, you know? So for a while, like the big marketing tech companies were trying to just sell you a suite. They were like, listen, all everything you need, we will sell you, it's all in one box, you're good to go, that's it. Uh, and, they, and they didn't have as many open APIs or extensibility or, you know, many things around that. They, they kind of looked at all those other MarTech companies as competitors. And I think what you saw here in these past couple of years is a real like shift in philosophy, you know, from closed suite to open platform, you know, opening up these APIs, creating these marketplaces, you know, to govern like well-integrated apps, you know, and increasingly, you know, these MarTech leaders now looking at the rest of the MarTech landscape, not so much as a competitor, but more as a complementer. Like, hey, listen, instead of this being an either or decision, Let's make it both, you know, that you get your foundational platform and then within that ecosystem, you can plug in any of these more specialized tools and the platform and the specialist app have done the hard work behind the scenes to make them just integrate together nicely. I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the industry is, is not perfect yet in this regard. We are still on that journey. Uh, but if I were to say, yeah, over the next five years, where do I expect things to go? I think the platform ecosystems around these companies are going to just get so much better, uh, which is going to be a relief for everyone. This is fantastic. And of course, uh, before we let you go, uh, one last question, I promise, and it's about your musical background. I saw that you know, when I'm doing research for this podcast, you have a bit of musical background, uh, your ma music major initially, right? So do you feel like having a creative outlet, such as music, for example, 
can make you a better marketer and also positively impact your work in a lot of different ways? <laughs> wow, <laughs> you, you definitely did your homework. Um, uh, yes, uh, I, I guess the short answer is yes. Um, you know, I mean, this is frankly the thing I've always found about marketing technology is I, I think at a distance, people think of it as being purely an analytical discipline, you know, because anything that involves computers, well, that must be mathematical and analytical. But I think what we have to recognize is the tools themselves are actually empowering creativity. I mean, I was a keyboardist when I was in, uh, you know, music. And I'm telling you, in the 80s, you know, the explosion of, you know, all these synthesizers and sampling machines and new recording things, they were very technical tools. But wow, the creative possibilities that they unlocked for people were just astounding. And so, I don't know, I, I, I think marketing at this point, even with the technology, is just such a creative outlet if you lean into it that way. This is fantastic. So I have to thank you so much. And I'm really you know, apologize that, that we actually crossed over the 30th minute. I promise it's going to be only a 30 minute discussion. But this has been such an effortless podcast to do together with you. So thank you for providing your insights, you know, some of your philosophy and your background as well. So we learned so much uh, from this uh, 30 over minute uh, discussion uh, conversation with you. So uh, thank you again. And uh, we hope to have you come back on a podcast in the future and talk more about how the marketing technology landscape has changed again. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great, Wayne. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on the podcast. You have a nice day. See ya.